Yo, Random Ignorance Podcast. I'm your host, Savage the Great. I hope you guys are doing well on this nice, beautiful day. So check this out, man. In this podcast, we're discussing Takashi 69. Now, if you don't know who Takashi 69 is or was or whatever you want to say, he was a big phenomenon that happened in the last year or so. The first time he appeared on the scene, it was in a video called Gummo. And when you looked at the video, it was just this this kid and he had uh, rainbow hair. It was like purple, red, lime green and blue. And he had red bandanas and he was saying, saying blood and he had face tats. And it was crazy. People was like, who the fuck is this guy? And he was on the block and he had a bunch of blood dudes with him and they was dancing and doing flips all type of weird shit and people like man who the fuck is this guy and that song blew up like that song took off and people was wondering like who is he signed to what is this what is that where'd he come from and that song took off on youtube the views is crazy soundcloud the views is crazy spotify all that all that all that so after that people was kind of like man who's this fucking idiot this that and that and he kind of started start pressing the issue he start pressing all of the so-called tough guys in the industry like if you remember he had a problem with chief keith so he went to chief keith's neighborhood which is old block in chicago and he just got out at three in the morning and people found out he was only there for 15 seconds and shit but he trolled he was a troll because he got there at three in the morning he was there for 15 seconds like yeah fuck where chief keith fat fuck over all that shit he was talking and then he posted the video at like 10 p.m or 9 p.m the next night so people was like damn he went there he was crazy he was crazy like he trolled everyone he was a big ass troll he went to minneapolis and minnesota he got into a scuffle it was some shooting it was some bottle throwing he went to Houston. He got into it with Jay Prince's son. Now, if you don't know who Jay, Jay Prince is, if you don't know who fucking Jay Prince is, Jay Prince is like the boogeyman of hip hop. He's been around since the 80s and 90s, and he's well respected from the East to the West, especially in the South. What is where it is, it goes. He's supposedly the force that told Drake not to reply to Pusha T after the story of Adidon. That's how strong Jay Prince's voice is. When he says no, some shit is no. When he says yes, some shit is yes. But Takashi got into it with Jay Prince's son, called him a pussy, called him a bitch, called him all that. Went to Houston. They got into a scuffle. Like, like, everywhere he went, it was fucking issues, man. It was fucking issues. He went to L.A. after having problems with YG and Game and saying, fuck them, fuck them niggas and suck my dick and all that shit. He had a fight at the airport. Do you know how fucking crazy you got to be to have a fight at the airport? It was a couple of dudes and it was Takashi's crew and they fought at the airport. That is a federal crime. To fight in the airport is a federal crime. That's why you can have worse enemies see each other at the airport or see each other on the plane and they give each other a pass because they know if you fuck up on that airplane, you're going straight to jail. No questions asked. I don't want to hear your side. I don't want to hear his side. Get your ass in this cop car, boy. Like, that's how crazy he was. So after a while, people start seeing like, all right, this guy is, you know, he's, he's soft, but he don't give a fuck. Like, he don't care. He's testing everybody. Like, he's getting into it with everyone. And then, once he once he got a little bit of, of fame, he started having more hits. He started uh, having more 
getting more bigger features and his his weight got up a little bit and he was saying blood and he was part of the nine trade bloods in new york and saying Treyway and all that shit he was going around causing havoc man causing havoc he was on instagram trolling telling everybody to suck his dick if you had a problem with him fuck you all that shit right so after a while he goes to la he tries to go to complex con he gets into it with yg's crew then he goes into the Hollywood Hills or wherever that was and tries to film a video at this big mansion. The mansion gets shot up. The mansion gets shot up. He was doing a video with Kanye West and Nicki Minaj and it was a drive-by shooting at a fucking mansion. Are you crazy? Like, who does a drive-by shooting on a fucking mansion? Do you know how hood that is? Do you know how fucking hood that is? And one of the bullets... Went through the dress room that Takashi used to have, but I guess they swapped him out for Nicki Minaj. But luckily, Nicki Minaj wasn't there. So the bullet that went through the dress room and didn't hit no one, everyone was okay. After that, the video was scrapped. It was shut down because just the the, the energy he was bringing was fucking insane. So it came out that he was having a problem with Chief Keith, and then Chief Keith went to New York and got shot at in, in Maine, New York. Not... Queens, Brooklyn, none of that shit, but like Manhattan. He got shot at in Manhattan. That is the equivalent of getting shot at on Hollywood Boulevard or Sunset or any of that shit right there. That is the equivalent of that. Maybe even worse um, because that's a brazen act. That's super brazen. So after a while, you start to see Takashi. He kind of quiets down. He kind of he kind of he kind of stops trolling a little bit. He kind of gets away from the beef. He goes on the Breakfast Club in his most recent interview before this whole debacle that I'm gonna discuss, and he says, "Hey, yeah, I got a problem with uh, the guys that I used to hang out with, which was a guy named Treyway, which were the Bloods he was associating with, and saying, hey, I was getting robbed by those guys because they would accept club performances for me and keep the money, so I had to distance myself from them." And he also has said he has to distance himself from some booking agency because they would book at a higher price than they would pay him. So he said they owed him like 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 a million something three. Like it was crazy numbers. Right. So it comes it came out that after the split that happened between him and his blood homies, which was Treyway and Mel Murder and all those guys that they put a hit out on him because they was beefing that heavy. They put a fucking hit out on him. So the feds had to step in. Because Takashi, he was getting victimized. The homies that fought with him at that airport, the ones that were in that brawl with him, it came out that they kidnapped him, took him home, took his jewelry, and all that shit. And the feds knew all this. See, the feds, they played a quiet role. They sit back, they create a case. They make the case. They just take a little bit from here, take a little bit from here, take a little bit from here. And they're watching Takashi. Like, the whole time, he had this whole sex offender case that he was fighting, that he... Uh, messed with this girl when she, he didn't know she was 16 but he was 7 like it was a weird dynamic of that case then it was oh he he hit a fan or he choked the fan so he was going back and forth and all of these cases are quietly getting swept under the rug and when that happens when that happens it's either one or two things either the guy is snitching on some other bigger crimes and getting his fed, getting his cases tossed or two the feds is watching and the feds is saying, hey, throw this case away because we got something bigger to get this motherfucker on. So leave that case alone. Leave that case alone. We're going after these big cases. So 
the, the feds came to find out that his blood homies put a hit out on him and they come to find out that the weekend before Takashi did his breakfast club interview that the feds picked him up and said hey these guys have a hit out on you these guys are going to kill you we got the we got the wiretaps we got everything we want to protect you but you're gonna have to tell us everything Takashi turned it down he turned down that protection he turned down telling them shit that's a g-code he stuck to kind of stupid but that's the g-code he stuck to and it comes to find out that he had an appearance or he was scheduled to be at this casino in, a, in another city. And that is the exact place that his ex-friends, the Bloods or whatever, they were they were planning to put the hit out on him. So he was going to get hit when he went there. And the feds had to step in because they are liable if they seen that. All right. It's a hit going down and you guys knew about it. And during this hit, a person got killed and innocent people got killed. The feds are totally responsible. That leaves them liable for lawsuits, liable for damages, liable for all that. So then they just said, fuck it. They picked everyone up. They picked Treyway up, who was Takashi's ex-mentor slash manager. They picked a guy named Mel Murder up, who was... Uh, a big figure in the nine Trey bloods. He was part of dip dip set in the early nine in the mid nineties to late nineties. Like these are big New York figures. So the end, they picked Takashi up. They all got hit with an indictment. They got hit with an Rico. Now, if you don't know what a Rico act is, it is the tramp card for all that gang shit. It was originally created for the mafia, originally created for John Gotti and, Al Capone it was originally created for that shit because in the mafia it was a structure it was a hierarchy so you will have the boss of the family who would be insulated from all the crimes because he would never touch drugs he would never touch guns he would never kill someone but he would order it or he would he would allow it to happen or he would allow it to take place in his structure so the guys at the bottom they would never snitch they wouldn't snitch on who sent them. They wouldn't snitch on who gave them the orders. They wouldn't snitch on who, who who told them to kill this guy or whatever. So the feds created the RICO that said, okay, if one guy in your organization kills someone, everyone in this organization is responsible. If one guy in this organization robs someone, everyone in this organization is responsible. So the feds did that. That's how they got John Gotti. That's how they got a bunch of those big mobsters. So it ended up translating into the gang culture. So you will have a bunch of gangs in L.A. and New York and everywhere else getting hit with Ricos, getting hit in sweeps, getting hit with indictments for that same shit. Like if one person in the gang does a shooting, the whole gang gets charged for it. Or if one person in the gang does a stabbing, the whole gang gets charged for it. So all the shit that the nine Trey Bloods was doing and all the shit that Treyway was doing and Takashi was doing, like he had beef with this other New York rapper named Casanova. And there was a shooting at Casanova's video shoot. And they have a video of Takashi standing next to the guy doing a shooting. Like they have video of that. They have video of a fight. They have video of someone getting robbed and Takashi's right there. They have a video of they they were just quietly piecing up evidence. They were quietly putting together a case. When they searched Takashi's apartment, they found an AR-15 type weapon. They found that. And then on the wiretaps, they have him, Takashi, putting out a hit on Chief's on Chief Keith's cousin for 30 stacks, for $30,000, putting a hit out. So when the feds pick you up, they already have all this. They already have all this info. They already have all of this shit going in. They already have their case mapped out, figured out what they're going to say, how they're going to approach the judge. They already have 
what you might say in defense and what they're going to say to overcome what you say. To they're they're going to have all that. The feds don't play. They have a 93, 95, 97% conviction rate. And most of those are pleased because people know that if the feds come, they don't fucking play. It's not like fighting the cops. It's not like fighting the state pace. It's not, it's not the same shit. The feds have unlimited resources. They can call in all of the forensics. They can call in all of the internet people, all of the people that's going to get your videos off Instagram and all of your tweets and all of your Facebook posts. And since they were doing a wiretaps, they got all of your voicemails and all of your text messages and all of your phone calls. They have all of that. So they can call in all of the experts they want, all of the gang experts they want. They can call in all of the witnesses. And it is said in that case that the feds had a snitch. Like they had someone wearing a wire while they were in the room with the nine Trey Bloods and Takashi and Trey Way while they were discussing these crimes and shootings and shit. Like the feds keep an airtight case. So Takashi, they said that he's facing, you know, um, from the low years, he could be facing three years, seven years up to life. Usually, usually people plea out because with cases like that, motherfuckers catch them years. If you look at the Bobby Smurder case. Now, Bobby Smurder was another big dude in New York. He had the hot nigga song. He had computers and he had um, Bobby Bitch. And it was a bunch of little New York hits that he had. He ended up getting caught up in one of the Ricos as well. The feds came. Bobby took, I think, six years. A couple of his friends got six years because he pleaded out. The guys that didn't plea out in that Bobby Smurder indictment, they got 90 years. 85 years, 70 years, 60 years, because the feds don't fucking play. They have an airtight case. So whatever they're telling you to take, you better take it. And Takashi's lawyer put out a statement saying, hey, if the feds want us to snitch, we're not going to snitch. They don't need you to snitch, motherfucker. They have all the info they want. If they wanted him to snitch, they come on, man. They wouldn't arrest. They The feds don't arrest people and then say, hey, we're looking for a snitch. No, they have the snitch that gives them the reason to arrest people. Like, people have it backwards. The feds are not state police. When they come, they don't fucking play. And Takashi spent a year trolling. Like, if you go look at his first big hit, the video I was talking about, Gummo, with when he first came on the scene with the dancing bloods and shit, that was late 2017. We are now in late 2018. So he had a good year run of trolling, of fighting, of shooting, of doing all this dumb shit, and you see where it gets him. You see where it gets him. So this is a message, man. Don't be out here on no bullshit, people, please. I know that's the thing now to troll and to be in people's mentions, make, and to be in people's mentions, making fun of them and people's DM and suck my dick and dressing crazy and starting shit just for internet clout. And, and no, man, don't. Don't. Because, like, you get what you ask for. You get what you ask for. The energy that you put out is going to come back. Like, we've seen this story over and over and over again. Rather, it was Tupac when... And Tupac is one of my favorite rappers. But Tupac tried to push his rapper image into a gang-banging image. Into a thug... A literal thug image. Like, no, that's not how it goes, man. You can't come from here and try to participate in L.A. politics. Like, Suge and all those dudes and those Pyru dudes, cool. Because that's where they come from. That's their background. The Crips are their enemies. Boom. Like, Tupac didn't have no business running up fucking hitting Orlando Anderson. He didn't have no business doing that shit. So, 
Once that happens, you make yourself you make yourself fair game to the rules of the streets. And what happens in the, in the streets is payback and murder and revenge. And that's what happened to Tupac. And the shit that happened to Takashi, he was asking for it. Because either the streets was going to get him or the fans was going to get him. And everybody was just waiting. Everybody thought he was going to end up getting a good ass whooping, getting killed, or going to jail. People already knew. People already knew. Now he's sitting in jail. He's been there for maybe about a month or better. He has no bail. He is in a federal health facility. And he his trial is not going to start until September 2019. So if he doesn't get bail in between then and now, he's just going to be sitting in jail for a year. Waiting for his trial. And I wonder what's going through that kid's head. I'm not going to say kid because it's a 22-year-old fucking man. I'm not going to say kid. But he was a kid in mind. He was a kid mentally. And you got to wonder what's going through his head. Was it fucking worth it? Was it worth it? Because he offered the feds over a million dollars. Like, I'll give you this money. Just let me out. The feds said no. Because the feds is and the state is totally different. The feds have all the money they need. They don't need your fucking million dollars, bruh. They don't need that. You're going to need that to fight this case, sir. You're going to need that million dollars to fight this case because the feds are fighting the fed case. Shit, a million dollars ain't nothing. You're going to blow through that in a month fighting the feds. Come on, man. Come on. So you're wondering, what is he thinking of sitting in that cell? You know, they probably got him by himself somewhere in solitary or segregation because he can't be in general population like that. You wondering, is he going to sleep every night kicking his fucking self saying, damn, man, I should have just made the music and, and took care of my family now. I got a daughter out here. My mom is out here and, and, and they're and they're worrying about how they're going to pay the rent and shit. Like, is he worrying about that? Like, he is he crying himself to sleep because he know he made a fucking big mistake? And that's not even the worst of it. This is the easy part. Just waiting for your trial. But once you get into the mix and you seeing what the feds got against you, and you seeing how many years you're facing total and you're seeing the pleas that they offer and those in the double digits or in the high single digits to where the next time you see your daughter, she's going to be graduating college or getting married. Like, come on, man, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So everybody out there, take this as a PSA. Take this as a after school special. Take this as a warning. Take this as whatever you want to call it, man. But it's not worth it because motherfuckers like playing and like doing certain shit and forgetting everything has a consequence. Everything has an equal or opposite reaction. It's just the laws of energy. It's just the laws of physics. Anything that happens is going to come back. Anything that you do is going to come back. Anything that you send out is going to come back. It is the law of energy. That's all it is. Even if you believe karma or don't. The law of energy is that it's never lost or destroyed. It's simply passed from one party to the next. And sooner or later it's going to come back to you. But... This is the Random Ignorance Podcast. I am your host, Savage the Great. Peace.